So when it comes to boundaries, the number one thing that you need to ask yourself is what is my intention here? What is my intention? If I am going to spend Thanksgiving with my family, what do I really want to get away from this time with my family, right? For me, that looks like actually spending quality time with my family. Hey friend, welcome to the Cup of Chels podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Holden. And as you can tell by the name, Cup of Chels is because I'm obsessed with coffee. But more than that, I am so passionate about giving you a weekly dose of inspiration and uplifting encouragement. You can also be sure to chime in to interviews and conversations with some amazing people. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's dive in to today's show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Cup of Chels podcast. Please excuse my voice. I am a little under the weather as I am recording this. And a big reason why I am bringing you today's topic is because my original plan was to bring this information to you in a masterclass. And I decided that that was going to take a lot of energy from me, energy which I do not have, energy that would best be used with me just coming on to the show and sharing this in the form of a podcast. So that's what we're doing today. And today's topic is all about being sober for the holidays. I know it is not something that I have promoted only because, one, I just didn't think about it in time, and two, I believe that sobriety is a long journey and we can dip into it with moments of taking 30 days here and there. However, I believe that it is a spiritual journey and my whole mission is to really help you understand that sobriety gets to be this beautiful journey and you get to navigate it in your own unique way. So Sober October is huge right now, as is dry January. And so what do we do in that in-between time, right? Especially when there is this pressure of the holidays, right? We've got Thanksgiving coming up. We have Christmas. There is Hanukkah. There is Kwanzaa. Like all of these holidays and all of these moments when we're not working as much, work seems to be slowing down. The seasons are changing where our bodies are calling for more rest. And a lot of times what we tend to do is we tend to take that downtime as a chance to connect. And what most people do when they connect, whether they're connecting with their friends or their family, is they socialize and they socialize with drinks and they gather around food. And usually that can involve wine and champagne. And of course, it's a time for celebration and everything. And while I am not here to judge you or anybody for that matter, for celebrating in whatever way you feel called to celebrate, I want you to approach this conversation with the intention of how can I do this differently? How can this year look different for me? You know, I think that a lot of times the holidays bring so much stress and the way that we cope with that stress and maybe the way that we cope with 
dealing with our families sometimes. And sometimes those, you know, awkward moments with our family or the hard conversations, or we know that some random cousin might be there who triggers the shit out of us, you know, whatever the case may be. A lot of times we deal with that in drinking, right? We may say that it's to celebrate and to unwind and to connect with others, but really there's an underlying process that's happening. And really a lot of the times what I have found is that we are just trying to avoid. We are trying to avoid and we're trying to numb out. So if you have participated in Sober October, you're currently participating in it. If you participated in Dry January, if you have ever given up alcohol for any reason and are really just ready to like see how you can navigate this holiday season this year without alcohol, then this is the episode that you want to chime into. And you're going to want to download it. So make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you download it and come back to it anytime. And if you know that there is maybe someone else in your family who has been feeling really called to, you know, get a little more serious with their sobriety, maybe they've been sober curious for a little while and you feel that this episode would resonate with them, then please feel free to share that because we're going to dive into some goodness. And today we're going to dive into really how to set boundaries with our family members and set those boundaries with love, because that can be the most tricky thing for us to do is is really setting those boundaries. We're going to talk about how to plan for success. And in doing that, I'm going to take you through my sober approach so that you can really navigate any times when you might feel tempted throughout this holiday season. So let's just dive right in, right? Let Boundaries. Let's talk about some boundaries, people. The first step in setting boundaries is really just understanding what your intention is. All right. So what is your intention for showing up to your family event in the first place. You know, whether this is for the holiday season, I do want to preface that all of this information can be used anytime. Anytime you are navigating sobriety, anytime you are navigating really anything in your life outside of sobriety, boundaries is going to be one of the biggest things for you. So when it comes to boundaries, the number one thing that you need to ask yourself is what is my intention here? What is my intention? If I am going to spend Thanksgiving with my family, what do I really want to get away from this time with my family, right? For me, that looks like actually spending quality time with my family. You know, we have a pretty big family these days and it's a lot of kiddos. And so there's a lot of times when I don't get to see my family. One, we live in a different city, so I don't get to see my family a whole lot. And Thanksgiving is one of those times when we get to come together and all be together, even if it's just for the day. So for me, that intention is to spend that time and have quality time with them, to be actually engaged in conversation, right? To not just numb out and distract and just tune out and just be happy that I'm not working, right? That was the old me. But I I see this a lot in other people in 
using that time to just like escape and, you know, enjoying the wine. And then what happens when there's more alcohol involved is the emotions get high. You know, things can be said that you later regret. And we can tend to brush that off because it's, well, it's just family. Like they'll get it. Right. But truly what I feel called to say is like, we're better than this. Like you're better than that. You're you're better than just saying anything off the cuff because you have had a few drinks in you, right? So really tune in and think about what your intention is before you go out into any kind of public setting, right? What is your intention? Is your intention to connect? Is your intention to really spend that quality time is your intention to be fully present, right? So number one for setting boundaries is what is your intention? Number two is going to be communicate. Mm, Communicate. If you are on this sober journey or you are choosing not to drink just for the day or just for this event, then you need to communicate that right? And it's not like you have to come out and say, I'm not drinking, you know, I'm not drinking, don't offer me. But if somebody offers you a drink, then you can politely say no thanks, right? It is also good if you feel comfortable enough with the people that you are setting these boundaries with to tell them ahead of time, then go ahead and do so, right? And you can do that with love. And what I have found that may happen when we communicate what we're doing, especially when it comes with alcohol, especially if we have been drinkers for a while, people tend to not have a filter when it comes to alcohol and they start to question. (laughs) They start to ask like, why? You know, if you're a woman, it's like, oh, are you pregnant? That's typically the first question, which let me just preface that that can be a very harmful statement if somebody is actually trying to get pregnant and maybe their reason for drinking is to help them along their pregnancy journey you know it's it's just in how we communicate that right so allow yourself to communicate in whatever way feels best for you so set your intention and then communicate your needs And that's essentially what you're doing when you're communicating. You're communicating your needs. Like, I need you to honor that I am not drinking tonight. I am not drinking tomorrow. I'm not drinking this weekend. I'm not drinking for the rest of the year. I'm not drinking for the holidays, whatever it is. Like, communicate your needs. And if you get resistance from the other person that you're communicating with, politely ask them to respect your needs. And that's really it, right? It's all about this communication. We can get so fearful of offending others. But what I want to offer you is this perspective. When you give yourself permission to show up and communicate your needs clearly with others, then you give them permission to do the same. And remember, we don't have any control over how somebody else is going to react to what we have to say. 
but we do have control over communicating our needs. So when it comes to setting your boundaries and setting your boundaries with love, set your intention and communicate your needs. And then the third part of that is really committing, committing to your boundaries. So we can have the best intentions. We can communicate our needs. And if we're not committed to these boundaries with ourselves, if we're not committed to ourselves, once we've set the boundary and we give in to temptation, then one, we're out of integrity with ourselves. We're not honoring our word. And two, we're showing other people that our boundaries don't mean anything. Okay, so really let that sink in. So set your intention, communicate what you need, and then commit. Commit to yourself and commit to the bigger why of what you're doing in the first place. All right, so I hope that that's helpful. The next thing I want to talk about is planning for success, right? And this falls beautifully after your committed, right? After you've set this intention for how you want to spend this holiday season, you've communicated this with your loved ones and you've committed to yourself that, no, this is why I'm doing this. And I'm committed to following through and staying true to my word and staying in integrity. And I know that my word is my law. You need to plan for success. Because if you don't have a plan in place for how you're going to move throughout the events of the holiday season or whatever season when you're choosing not to drink, it's likely that it will be a lot easier for you to give into temptation. It's going to be a lot easier to break those boundaries. And why? 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 Because it's more comfortable to stay in the place that we've always been than it is to do something different. If drinking at the holidays and having, you know, drinks with your family and even going out with friends during the holiday season because y'all are all off of work and you have all this free time, right? If that's not what you want to do, but it's something you've always done, then it's likely a habit And you need to have a plan in order to move in a different way because your habits are really created out of a sense of comfort. It's your body's way. It's how we work when we create these habits so that we can expend less energy. It takes a lot more effort up front to create new habits. So the best way to create a new habit, aka not drink where you used to, is by having a plan in place. So what do I mean by having a plan in place? One, what is it? The main thing here is like, what are you going to drink when everyone else is having a cocktail? When everyone else is indulging in a glass of wine and that's normally what you drink. What is your go-to? What are you going to have? Because I guarantee you, if you're seeing other people holding that glass of red wine and it looks so good, you're going to be tempted and you're going to be tested. And if you don't have a plan for something to drink for yourself or something to literally do with your hands, because a lot of times I feel like that's what it was for me when it was 
you know, I'm not drinking. What do I do with my hands if I'm not holding a cocktail and I'm talking to people, right? So what is your plan? And I want you to like really have fun with this, have fun with creating a plan of, you know, what you're, what you're going to drink instead. So some fun things that you can drink instead. If you enjoy wine, there are spectacular non-alcoholic or alcohol-removed wines that are out on the market. There is one called Free, F-R-E, which you can typically find in grocery stores and at liquor stores. I see it here locally in the Houston area at our H-E-B and also at Specs. And there are plenty of non-alcoholic beers out there that you can find. But also, if you really want to like jazz it up and feel festive, like there is an endless supply of mocktail recipes out there that you can grab, that you can grab that are so good. And some of these mocktail recipes may just use different juices and bitters and different spices in them. But there's also companies out there now that make alcohol removed spirits, alcohol removed liqueur, essentially, right? Like I keep wanting to call it alcohol removed alcohol. Like, so you can find like non-alcoholic bourbon, non-alcoholic gin, non-alcoholic vodka and tequila. And I've tried a lot of these and they will do the job, especially if you are mixing it into a mocktail. So when I say plan, this is essentially what I mean, right? Like make sure you have something to drink if you're going to be around other people that are drinking, if you're going to be at a bar or somewhere where you can't bring in your own beverages or your own concoctions, right? Then what are you going to order, right? What is your plan for what you're going to drink that night? One of my favorite things to order at a bar is club soda with fresh grapefruit juice and a lime. Sometimes I'll get a salted rim, right? So it's kind of like a salty dog. That is one of my favorite go-tos. It's super light. It's easy on the stomach. It looks like a cocktail. So a lot of times too, going back to this boundary setting, if you're walking around with something that looks like a cocktail, you then get to you get to avoid having those awkward conversations with people who maybe you don't really care to share that you're not drinking with, right? Like, so what is your plan? And also think about this too, especially if you're out and about at bars and restaurants, like what is your plan for if somebody wants to buy you a drink and maybe you don't want to have that conversation that I'm not drinking. Maybe you're not ready to share why you're not drinking and you just, you just don't want to have that conversation yet, right? Or maybe it's somebody that you're not even close with, right? What is your plan? You can say no. No is a complete sentence. No, thank you. If you want to be nice, right? You can say, no, I actually don't. I've had enough already, or, you know, I don't really need another one, whatever it is, right? But make sure that you have a plan for how you're going to navigate if somebody wants to buy you a drink, or if you're up going up to the bar and ordering a cocktail for yourself, right? So really, really, really think about what your plan of action is for what you're going to drink during that time, okay? And then the last thing that I have for you is my sober approach. So the sober approach, again, 
this is a reminder that sobriety is this it's it's this multidimensional lifestyle y'all it's a spiritual journey right deciding to be sober is the first step right then you must commit you must commit to like really expanding what this is going to do for your life. And when I say sobriety is a multidimensional lifestyle, like this is expanding your mind. It's going to expand your body, your spirit, and your energy. You are tapping into these different layers of who you are. And this sober approach that I'm about to share with you will help guide you on this journey especially when you are coming up to temptation. So SOBER is an acronym and it breaks down like this. So if you are feeling tempted, let's say that you are out at a bar, maybe you're at a company company holiday party, for example, and you're out at a bar and you're feeling really tempted because maybe just your energy is off. Maybe you're feeling a little anxious. You know, maybe there's a coworker who triggers you there and like normally you would drink and just avoid it. Or maybe you're at, you know, you're at this company event and you're just seeing everybody drink and having a good time and you feel like you're not going to have a good time unless you have a cocktail. Here's what I want you to do is I want you to think sober. Think sober. Okay. So S means stop. If you find yourself feeling tempted to drink, I want you to stop. Stop whatever it is that you're doing. If you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody, stop. Stop the conversation. Stop the conversation and just excuse yourself if you need to. Excuse yourself, go to the bathroom. Just stop whatever it is that you're doing. I don't want you to question yourself. You don't need to explain yourself. Just give yourself permission to stop whatever it is you're doing. Because when you you stop the conversations, when you excuse yourself from the room if you need to, you allow yourself to then move into observation. And observe is the next point on the sober approach. So Once you've stopped whatever it is that you're doing, you can observe the situation. And when I, when I say observe, I want you to tap into your heart here and really observe the situation for what it is. We're not observing with judgment. We're observing just to witness what is going on around us, right? So observe the situation and also observe your own thoughts. And observe what your patterns are and doing this from a loving perspective. Okay. When you realize, like, oh, wow, I can see myself thinking that I really want to drink right now, I can see that the old me would have just ordered a margarita. The old me would have said yes when somebody offered me a glass of wine, right? So really just observe what's happening, what's happening in in your mind, what's happening in your body, what's happening in the room around you, and really start to pick up on the patterns of these thoughts that you have, right? When we do this, it allows us to connect back to the present moment. And this takes us to the next letter which is B, which is also B, B-E, be present. 
with mindful intention. I want you to allow yourself to be with whatever is coming up for you in this moment. As you as you observe your thoughts, it's going to allow you to connect to whatever is alive in you, whatever feelings might be coming up for you, right? So allow yourself to just be in the present moment, to witness again with that loving perspective of what is coming up for you right now. Be with your feelings. Be present. Acknowledge your feelings. And that's going to allow you to really focus on your energy. Okay. And energy is the next step in the sober approach. Energy, y'all. I've said this over and over again. And in last week's episode with Mary, we talked about this as well, right? Our emotions are really just energy in motion. Our emotions are our feelings. This is what allows us to connect with our own energy so that we can shift that energy, right? If you're feeling anxious because you're in a room and you're feeling triggered and tempted to drink, really, by doing the sober approach, you've already stopped yourself from temptation. You've observed what's going on. You've connected back in the present moment. And now you're starting to be aware of what's alive in you, of what feelings are coming to the surface. And those feelings are just energy. You don't have to attach any meaning to the feelings. If that anxiousness is coming up for you, let it move through you. Do whatever you need to do to feel safe. Again, if that's removing yourself from the room, removing yourself from the situation altogether, going into the bathroom, locking yourself in a stall, breathing, letting this energy just do what it needs to do, which is move. The more you try to push that emotion down, the more you try to avoid feeling that emotion, the more you're going to just intensify that energy. When you're feeling anxious, especially, if you try to avoid that anxious feeling by just pushing it away, or the old you would drink that anxiousness away, like you're really not doing yourself any favors. You're actually going to intensify that anxiety. If you're drinking to avoid anxiety, you're just prolonging anxiety and really amplifying it on the back end. So let the energy just move through you. Let those emotions come up and come out. That's all they need to do. That's all they're asking to do. That's why they're alive and coming to the surface in the first place. So again, don't attach any meaning to it. Because you feel anxious, because you were triggered by a coworker who's drinking or maybe questioning you not drinking, fuck all that noise. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything about you. Allow the energy to just move and release it. And that brings us to the last step in the sober approach, which is release. Release any energy, release any emotions that have arrived. Okay. And then recommit to your sobriety, right? And thank yourself. 
truly honor and thank yourself for moving through this because it's not that easy sometimes. I will promise you it gets so much easier, but honor yourself for taking this step, for choosing to show up for yourself and show up in a different way, for choosing to switch your habits and create a better life for yourself by choosing to be sober in whatever way sober looks for you. So again, to break that down, the SOBER acronym is STOP, OBSERVE, BE, ENERGY, and RELEASE. Okay? I hope that this episode was helpful for you, and I'd love to hear any takeaways that you might have from listening to this episode. I'd love to know what you're committing to in this holiday season. And if that is giving up alcohol, please, please, please share that with me because I want to celebrate you. I really want to celebrate you and I honor you wherever you're at in your journey. Know that I am always here. There are so many ways to work with me. If you want to get the downloadable sober approach, then go to the link in the show notes. It's there for you. Plus I have a two hour free masterclass called your first 30 days sober, which you can tune into right now just by signing up for it. So go down to the show notes, make sure you get all of those goodies. If you're ready to commit on a deeper level to your sober journey and to really shifting your life and being able to live more in alignment and tap into your spirit and move with your intuition, then I would love to guide you with that. I have a couple of spots left for my one-on-one private mentorship. And y'all, this is such a powerful way to collapse time, really. (laughs) It really is a way to collapse time to get your desired results in a much quicker way because you have the accountability of working with me. Not to mention my private clients get access to my network of healers. I have expert healers that just to name a few, I have um, an amazing sound healer. I have an amazing human design and gene key expert. I have a beautiful Reiki master who you heard on last week's episode, Mary. She is fantastic. And I have many more resources that you get to tap into when you work together privately with me. And my one-on-one containers are long-term containers because I believe in the power of committing to yourself for the long run and being able to do life together. When I work with my clients, that's essentially what we're doing. We are doing life together. We don't just meet once a week and that's it. We meet once a week, plus we're back and forth in our texts and voice notes. We're moving through life. We're navigating situations where we might be tempted, right? Like all of this stuff comes up in between our calls and we literally get to do life together for six months. So private mentorship is a six-month commitment. And this is a commitment to yourself. And I really just want to invite you, if this is something that has been on your heart, if you've been calling in a coach, if you've been calling in a guide, if you're ready to tap more into your spiritual practices and to move through life 
being guided and feeling so supported, know that I am here for you and applications are open. So it's super simple. Just fill out the application hop on my calendar. You and I will hop on a quick 30 minute call and yeah, I get all your questions answered in that time together as well. So I love you so much. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Next week's show is going to be so fantastic. The sound healer that I mentioned, Trina, is going to be on the show next week. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all of the magic here on the Cup of Chills podcast. Until next time, friends. Adios. Awesome. That was so much fun. I don't know about you, but I had such a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Cup of Chels. And I am so freaking thankful that you're here and that you've decided to spend this time with me and listen in. I know you've got a lot of choices out there. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know it would be a great listen for somebody else, please don't keep me a secret. Be sure to share it, take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, use the hashtag CuppaChels, that's C-U-P-P-A-C-H-E-L-S, and also subscribe so you can always get the latest episode directly. And then if you're feeling up for it, leave me a review. I'm so grateful. Love and light. Adios.